Recording. Nailed it. <sighs> wow, yes. you're so good at this. We <laughs> should do it more often. Oh, well, it's in the calendar. to talk a little bit at the beginning of this episode about at the beginning of this season about like well, let's talk about sort of the general theme of this year yeah. which we thought would be maybe transitions, transitions. yeah I actually it's funny because we talked about that a while ago and I'd forgotten about that and I really I like re re like it it's like yeah. oh, that is an interesting idea because I, I just think that financial planning often happens in transitions you know and like for those uh, for people that ignore this subject matter completely often when it comes to like a necessity is when there's a big shift in your life and for those of people that are really comfortable with it this is when you have to revisit it it's just like these are the points when coming back to the idea of planning and this is the thing that you know we all talk about so much this idea that planning is not um a plan it's not a noun it's the mm -hmm. verb of planning and so like this kind of lifelong craft of planning when it comes to the forefront is often in these transitions and sometimes these transitions are good and sometimes they're really terrible and um, unexpected and so i think that it's an interesting way to kind of phrase it because it, there's things that you can plan and there's things that you can't plan and i think that it's it's interesting to kind of note these transitions because I don't know, one of the first things that comes to mind is just like the permission to have the time to figure out your new reality. Because mm. I think that there's things you can know. Um, one of the, the things that I've been talking about a lot lately as I like talk people through cash flow is this idea of plausible fiction. That like planning is an act of creating plausible fiction where you're like, we don't know what's gonna happen, but this could happen. And it's based on something that's definitely based on the world that we're creating. Um, which I, I just, I'm, I like the way those two words sound. It makes it sound more possible than here's three numbers and this is how it's gonna definitely work. But this idea of being like, yeah, you can plan, but then when things actually happen, life is a whole other thing. And how do you wrap your mind around that? How do you afford to be patient and learn new things and then incorporate the new things that you're learning there and kind of manage that with all the messiness of life? I think that that's a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah, and uh, also like in terms of transitions and planning, um, you know, to my thinking, like a lot of planning when you're planning in advance is to be ready for a transition that might happen. You know, it might be an unpleasant transition, a transition to unemployment. And then when you've got the plan, then when that transition hits you, yeah, you're going to have to update the plan. It's never going to work exactly as, but you have some idea, you've got some practice there, you know, like the old fire drill metaphor like you're not necessarily going to march out the hall in exactly the route that you planned at the pace that you planned but you have some idea that okay the fire alarm goes off you know what that means you got to get out and you have some idea of a couple of different routes so you could take out of whatever building whatever room you're in at the time that, that happens i think the fire metaphor is actually really interesting um we had a <laughs> semi-traumatic experience in our house i can't remember if i told you guys about this where um somebody who was staying in our house actually caught on fire a little bit. So we like woke up in the morning and we heard like a scream downstairs and she had, um, she was wearing a robe and it had caught on fire with our electric stove. She's making her coffee. And 
she was just like, <laughs> but it was really one of the interesting things that's applicable here is this idea that um, she caught on fire and her first impulse was just like, I need to put the fire out. And so she went like, got it under a sink and was pouring water on it. But then that created a bunch of steam and it didn't happen right away that she actually just got the robe off. It took a little bit longer than it should. And I thought a lot a bit about how like they talk to kids about fire and how they make these rhymes is like stop, drop and roll and all these things that are just like, you're trying to train your instinct mm. to do the thing because when you're in that kind of crisis, your brain can't, oh, I do this and then I do this. And oh, rationally, of course, if I put water on fire, then it'll become steam. And you know what? That might not be best for my skin. Like, <laughs> You can't think that way. So this is one, like when you're talking about traumatic transitions, but I would say that this can happen both with good transitions and bad transitions. They can just sometimes be so overwhelming that having signposts to be like, to just go to or, or just kind of training your defaults can be an, a valuable thing if you have the mental capacity to do that beforehand to kind of bring into that kind of situation. I, I've thought about that a lot. I mean, like it just kind of clicked in a little bit as to why those kind of easy to remember monikers and honestly not to kind of diverge into rule of thumbs and all those things but these things can be helpful in those situations because it gives you something to cling on to something to say ah where do i start what do i do right now that's not going to be the worst thing and may it may help in most connect scenarios right yeah, and like that notion of mental capacity and mm. your ability to stop and rationally think about things like that yeah. does go away in a crisis, even like a more prolonged crisis where you're just like rushing back and forth to the hospital every day after work to try to like visit a loved one in the hospital. It's like you're just you're out of planning capacity. It's like, okay, I, I planned my way to get to work and how to get through my day at, at, at the job and then how to get from instead of my usual commute route home, like this different commute route that takes me via the hospital and where I can park there and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's like to, to kind of take it away from like I'm on fire crisis or hospital. It's the same thing in spring. We we're just talking yesterday about the idea of new parents and like all the stress that comes up around that same idea though. It's just like all this, and like I need to be able to do deprivation. Yeah, <laughs> you can't yeah, plan around things. sleep deprivation until you experience. <laughs> and then, like, what are the what are the expectations you're putting on your like sleep deprived, whole world shifting? Especially if you're a first time parent, like, there's just so many things shifting to be like, the what's a reasonable expectation to put on yourself in this moment? And like, how do you uh, how do you kind of shift? Like, being like, you can't revisit your financial plan on week two of having a new oh, kid. Like, if you can do that. I don't all power to you, but I don't really understand you. Yeah. I, and you can't read the fine print on the insurance <laughs> contract in that like second week of sleep deprivation and <laughs> seeking a newborn home. Like, no. Some of us might have done that. <laughs> Some of us got very excited about all the little administrative things that are involved with like registering a newborn and opening an RESP and but that's aberrant behavior <laughs> yeah well, you can call this episode aberrant behavior <laughs> oh lordy no but I, I yeah I think that that's yeah, that's fair I think it's just valuable to kind of reframe the idea and just kind of continue to talk about like when is planning useful when is planning something that's helpful um, why do it uh, and then and then kind of uh, I think that we were just talking a lot about what some of those transition points are 
and kind of to dive into it from that point of view and and figuring out um it, it was a cool it, it felt like a like a little bit of a different way to look at the same kind of questions and the same kind of problems that we're trying to solve in this world all the time but i think it's it's an it's going to be a fun thing to kind of talk through and and uh, look at it from that point of view because i think in the same way that like in past seasons where we talked about communication or these kind of things i think the themes will often be the same um, because they are planning fundamentals are the same no matter kind of where you're looking at it's just the technical applications and the tools uh, standpoint is what's different but it's helpful to find those and i'm looking forward to finding those um things that we come back to and feel like we say a thousand times as we talk the same. It's like adding a new bunch of things to our it's, rotation of old things. Let's be honest, they're probably going to be old things, but we'll find them again and be like, oh, I didn't even know I had this. Oh, <laughs> so Look what was in my pocket, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, so then let's, I mean, the last time anybody heard from us was in the early summer of 2019. So... Yeah. There have been, I mean, even just some housekeeping show transitions. Our dear Kate, who we love, cannot spend an hour a week with us talking about stuff. She is way more busy and important than any of us. No, 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 no. We did not plan for this. We did not plan for this. We did not this. plan for this. We're not ready. We have no nope. real coping strategy for that. This, this entire season is just going to be us coping with that. <laughs> this, is, this is our transition season. Dealing with that. <laughs> So that that is that's a not as exciting transition as some of the others. What else have we tripped? Oh, and we're transitioning to a new way of maybe interacting with people who want to support the show. We we are going to have a Slack channel where we don't promise to really answer any specific questions, but we can all hang around together for for patrons who contribute more than more than a dollar. <laughs> per episode i mean i don't want to poo poo that i like that but we're ad free and i think that it's a great place to hang around and give back to yeah. people if they want to talk to us 100%. Well, that's a transition that's totally a transition yeah and then there have been some like well as there always are as time passes there's been some life transitions as well um yeah let me talk about that a little bit i i i want to hear uh John talk about his transition a little bit because mm -hmm. honestly, because we haven't chatted for a little while and I just want to know how things are going <laughs> and, and what's going on with that. And like, you can tell everybody else what's going on first to give them background if they don't read your blog. But uh. yeah, so um, the background is unfortunately not a happy background. Uh, so my dad had cancer last year. That's at the time of this recording last year is 2018. Uh, had surgery, had it removed, seemed to recover, was looking good, and then again in the spring of 2019 started getting sick again, and then it turned out that it was because the cancer had returned. Uh, so things are not awesome when cancer comes back, uh, and he's been having a lot of health difficulties and um, just everything piling up. Turns out that I was just like, I can't really do this and work full-time, so... I have taken a leave of absence from work and now I am not doing the day job thing. I am just taking care of my family and potentially doing a little bit of side project stuff. I don't know. I don't really have anything like super lined up at the moment. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, I'm, I'm just taking time off from work and it's, it's a transition. It's very different from what I was doing before, but also like doing a lot of caregiving stuff. And maybe this is the wrong or it's too broad of a question but like how's it been feeling how's it been going so far like what's what's that been like it, 
it, it's it's hard to put into words because yeah. it's it's a big difference like i don't have that stress of commuting mm. um it is good like in the last couple of weeks dad's been doing visibly better and he says that like you know it really helps that i show up every day and he's got like a reason to get it up and like it sounds terrible that it's a reason to get out of bed but like it is someone's coming over you got to put pants on and get out of bed <laughs> and just the act of doing that is like good for yeah. um i mean recovery is not quite the right word but for dealing with long-term serious illnesses and really helps put a brighter mood on things and I mean, it's not good for my diet because he's all like, well, diet doesn't matter to me, so let's just have pizza every single day. And I'm like, I, I love this, but also it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're eating a lot of pizza. And <laughs> but not pants eating pizza. Yeah. Living the dream. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so and, and he's doing... Like he's looking a little bit better the last couple of weeks compared to how he was right before I took time off work. How long is your leave of absence? Do you know? Uh, so it's up to a year. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So gives me a fair bit of time to handle things and see what happens then. And can you talk a little bit about it? Because I, you just, you know, you're somebody who, has a really good grasp on some of the, like the questions of, can I do this? You know, cause I know that that's something you thought about a lot and being like, what do I have to have in place? Or kind of like, how do I figure that out? Can you, like, I know that we, we did talk a little bit about it, not with anybody listening in, but uh, just about that idea of like how to think about it, but like kind of, how does that, how do you, how do you feel about that now with a little bit of space and a little bit of kind of like distance past it? So like, what was that pre-transition looking like? And have you learned some things already that are like, Ooh, was way off there or that doesn't quite feel like I thought or all of that. Yeah. So there's been a bunch that I've learned just in the last couple of weeks and, and also in advance. So uh, first off, just in ter terms of um, the planning that went into it and the thinking, there was very little planning. <laughs> I, I was much more on the, on the fence and debating about like, how is this going to impact my career trajectory? And can I really take this time off and, and all that? Then I really thought about the dollars and cents of it because, you know, to take a year off work, I have a year's worth of expenses in a combination of my emergency fund as well as like longer term retirement savings and savings for the next car and whatnot. So it was pretty easy to just be like, yeah, the money is there. It's okay. going to, you know, very quickly back of the envelope. Okay, I'll have to retire like three to five years later than my original retirement plan. But I was planning on retiring before the traditional age of 65 anyway. So whatever, I can do this. I'll deal with, you know, the longer term effects later. This is not going to be like hugely derailing for my long term plan. And like, you know, I don't want to not be there for my family. And, you know, it's going to be difficult to be at work anyway. Like, yeah, of course. Which is also the flip side. It's like, what's the career impact of taking a year off work? But what's the career impact of having a really shitty year of work and taking yeah. in bad work, right? Yeah, totally. So um, there was also that. And so, you know, I'm really fortunate that I was in the position to do that. Like thinking back, um, you know, when I was doing my postdoc, for example, like things felt a lot tighter. And even though I wasn't on as 
you know, in as much of a career because it was like a short-term contract as a postdoc. I would not have felt as comfortable at that time in my life taking the time off as I do now where I've had several years in a, you know, long-term stable career and where I have, you know, having the money available also helps a lot. Um, so yeah, so, so there's that. Um, I really didn't think it would take this much time. Like I was like, yeah, I got to do some caregiving, but I'm cutting out like two hours a day of commuting. So like that's going to just free up so much time and I'll have all, but still there, it, the, the time gets eaten up through the day. So I was all like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, dad goes to bed at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So <laughs> I'm going to have all this time in the afternoons and evenings. I'll be writing more. I'll like work on another book or something or, you know, pick up a whole bunch of freelance jobs. And it just so far has not worked out that way. It's just been like all <laughs> taking care of people. And, and part of that is that I had, to, I was accumulating a huge deficit and backlog of just mm. non-work related stuff. Yeah. Like I had cars to take in. So I had my own car that I had to like, you know, get the winter tires done and some other maintenance issues. And then, you know, I didn't have to take my mom's car in, but it's like, okay, I got time off. I'm going to take my mom's car in too. Okay. Well, that's another day spent at the dealership dealing with the issues to her van. And then, um happened to take the time off in the fall well now i got all the leaves to rake so i got <laughs> and then we got an early snowfall so then it's like okay i'm shoveling my driveway and my parents driveway and it, it's like all these little things that just sort of added up and and a bunch of like you know transitioning into winter as well as all the deferred maintenance things and dealing with the house and dealing with like internet problems where i just hadn't wanted to call the internet provider for my place or my parents place were having the same problems to come and like run new lines to like fix things and now finally they have and and you may have noticed in previous because money episodes every now and then i drop out when i'm in the middle of talking about something and either i have to go and re-record it or we just put out some crappy audio and hopefully right now this is running smooth because i'm not getting any of those little issues because i finally had that extra hour in my day to get on the phone wait on hold talk through my issues, get someone scheduled, wait at home for them to show up and come in and run new wires and stuff. So, And everybody benefits. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting thing, though, just because I see a really strong parallel between that idea, that kind of general concept, and what I see in cash flow work a lot. Because the truth is that you have been so busy for the entire time that I've known. Just really, really full plus, 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 like taking away from things like that humans need, like sleep, but still managing to make it through. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting that like when that, yeah, when you're like, you have the time, there's still this back end to fill in. And this happens a lot with the kind of cash flow side where it's like, I'm making just enough to get by. And then all of a sudden you make more and you're like, oh, finally I can make all these progress on paying off my debt and saving. But First, you actually have to fill in this whole backlog of things like you're saying. It's like little savings for this and little things for this. And I don't have any pants that don't have 8,000 holes in them. So actually, I should really like there's this filling in of the backlog before you can go forward. I, I just think that that's such an interesting thing to see from a time perspective. And, and it makes total sense. Yeah. And, and in a way, it's also a little bit like having a long deferred vacation too, to like like it's not really a vacation. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still like doing stuff through my day, but like to have that time to actually do stuff. And the last couple of vacations, because I realized this problem, last couple of vacations when I've taken like two weeks off work, we've only actually gone somewhere for a week and a half. So that I have those like extra three days as a staycation to take care of 
yeah. the various things that get deferred through the year. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> I'm just listening to you talk. It's kind of like oh, I'm trying to come up with like a Chris analogy, and I can't. But it's very much like oh, oh, I'm I've got one of those building debts. I have to file Seth's U.S. taxes still. It's if if this comes out in January, it's totally possible that I still haven't done it for 2018 yet. Like there's just so many things. These it's like oh, yeah. You can knock stuff off of your pile, John, and I will wish you well. But oh, John's got time. I hear John's got time. So maybe if you just send the tax return over to John. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I took away from this: is that you're yeah. taking on additional caregiver work. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm gonna offload caregiver. my family onto you. Good done. Thanks, man. Oh, brother. Yeah, that's huge. That's a huge thing. Like there's like just lots of transitions in there. That's, that's a ton of stuff. What about you, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, Like, I don't, I don't think anything quite as, um, quite as, quite as big. Like the biggest transition for me this year has been, um, this is the first kind of on a kind of on a finance and income level This is the first year that I haven't done any opera work. And so kind of like shifting completely into um, just my financial planning practice. And so there's, there's been a whole bunch of transitions around that. Some of them little ones, kind of some of them a little bit more, um, you know, mental, emotional identity based, which are interesting, but fairly navel gazy. Um, and then also just a little bit of uh, like practical things. Like it's funny because, you know, people talk about things like variable income as if it's one big lump, but it's really different from stream to stream. So something like opera, which often plans like a year or two in advance, knowing where those spikes are was really helpful. And now that's not how this works. You know, like the dream of knowing where your income's coming for like three months, like mm -hmm. that's great. But it's been a huge adjustment to one, just get used to that, like just get used to the further uncertainty of that, even with, you know, a buffer in between, even with kind of some of the planning things like it's just it is a big transition just to be like, really not know. And then also just when you're kind of putting that extra responsibility on something and that extra kind of weight on it just to be like, okay is that can this work you know can this increase with more time and energy can this what is the flow of this income stream so like that's been a huge learning curve to be like where are the spikes you know where are the spikes within this because i didn't pay attention to them as much when i had operated smooth it out i i should have been something that i should have probably would have been interesting to know but it also was so dependent on when i was more available that it's hard to know so like now kind of taking my well sticking my instability a little bit out of it not fair because there's always things that are happening but um a little bit more just when are people calling and so kind of figuring out those lumps and it's, it'll be interesting next year to test it and be like okay here's something that seemed true here does it happen again and just slowly gain that knowledge and confidence around you know because i think at the end of the day sometimes with those income those self-employed income flows is just look at it generally happens every year. So I can trust it ish, even though I don't know exactly how it happens. But at the beginning, you can't like there's nothing. There's nothing you can do about that. So 
Yeah, that's definitely been a, a transition in figuring out the financial side and just kind of like getting comfortable with it. Not getting comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable with it, but I'm better than I was in January and early in the year because man, was that, that was a really difficult thing. I was in my bank accounts too often. I was looking at the numbers too. I remember John and I had a discussion that and he was like, you need to look at them less. Like, is it helping you to look at them this much? And I was like, no, no, no. But I was just I like that that part of it was really difficult um yeah and then just like you know on the personal side I think that there's I was away a lot this last year um, my wife and I are traveling a lot which was great um and it feels like you know it's been nice to come back home to Toronto but at the same time it feels like there there might be transitions on the horizon just as far as uh figuring out the next place to be, the next stage and all that stuff. But those are very murky. Those are like upcoming transitions. So they're like in this, in this conversation around how do you think about them? It's hard to be like, I think we'd like to make a shift. Like lots of people are like, I'd like to move somewhere else, but it's just a giant question mark. I think lots of people in, in my kind of general community have been thinking a lot, especially in big centers like Toronto, Vancouver. Um, I was in Halifax and apparently the living cost in Halifax is really expensive. They were telling me that rent there is almost as high as Toronto which is interesting. Um, I don't know if that's completely true. Feel free to reach out if you're from Halifax and you have a different opinion, but that's what people were telling me when I was in Halifax. Um, yeah, it, it, just being like, how do, we, how do we balance this next stage? You know, when conventional home ownership here is not possible and rents are also getting so difficult to maintain, how do you, how do you build a life? How do you, like, what's important to you? What does that look like? Um, and how do you manage the idea of, you know, we like the love the idea of living somewhere more rurally, um, somewhere that's not quite as urban, but not knowing what that looks like, you know, not knowing what a life in Gravenhurst would really look like. <laughs> we, we were all waiting for it to come out. <laughs> Sandy sends us listings fairly often. Um, I think she sends that same. Like I think she has a mailing list for like the people that she wants to live close to. That yeah. <laughs> She mimed uh, the number four. But <laughs> has four people on it um, no. of, of people that she wants to, to move to Gravenhurst. Or but households. We'll say households. Households. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's that like, you know, it's one thing to transition when you're in it. But not saying it's easier or different, but you know what it is. Yeah. Um, for well, those circumstances of, are guiding you a little bit. There's some things that are off the choice table. Exactly. But when the choice table seems quite full, and of course that is a complete symptom of, of a lovely amount of privilege where like the choice table is, is more full than it could be, but it's hard to know what to do. You know, it's hard to frame that. It's hard to figure out and kind of develop a bit of a permission structure around what does that look like? What can we try? And what do the timeframes need to be? And what's possible? And how do you set both financial goals, but also kind of like, how does that balance on a life side? It's interesting. Um, and it's much more interesting when it's somebody else, because you can look at it with objectivity. And when it's you, man, is it just hard to wrap your brain around? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's all good things. But there's definitely there's there's a shifting We've been in Toronto for 10 years. There's definitely a shifting in the water going on. Some things that are happening and some things that um, are, are kind of on the horizon for sure. Yeah. It's not sharks, is it? I hope it's Watch not it. sharks. Watch out if, if it's the water sharks, Then it's sharks. Like, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> then you deal with it. It's just that that's what happens. What about you, Sandy? 
I'm in the right now. So I'm really hoping that when this episode gets released, I'll be able to say, um, wasn't it interesting how busy the last part of that year was and mm. is, and how, how glad I am that we put steps, we put things into place to not make everything seem so urgent and overwhelming. It's not over, overwhelming is a little bit of an overstatement. Um, but right now the transition has been out of, I do financial planning, which I do. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> it's the thing I do. <laughs> But at the same time into, and also I have not just as the kind of, when I started spring by myself, of course I did all the things. Mm. And then when I merged with Julia, the goal, the thing I had to learn was how not to do all the things. And now this, this past year, the transition has been doing, doing a lot of the operations, um, kind of design and management with a huge, like with a team of people who are like way better at it than me and do actually the things. And my, my job is just to think about them, but it's a big job. And so to do the transition into doing the business work, the financial planning and still getting better at it and learning how to work as a team at spring and all those things, while at the same time finding an equal amount of time <laughs> to the full time of financial planning, um, to do the operations stuff has been a, it's been big. And then of course the kids are getting older, nothing really big, like no big dramatic, like, Oh, and we did this thing or we're moving or we got another dog or whatever, like <laughs> no, just babysitting somebody else's dog right now. But, but it, Seth is getting involved in things that are really important and meaningful to him. Hmm. There's some extra volunteering that I'm doing. There's a, 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 a like a, a new, organization for financial planners that I'm fairly heavily involved in. So the transition I need, I want to be able to say I've gone through by the time this episode is released is saying no to the things that I can't do and finding the right balance of, of kind of work, work and manager work. Yeah. And I don't know what that is yet, but it does, it feels all really hopeful and exciting. Okay. Um, and I've never really felt more competent <laughs> or confident. That's in, amazing. In both parts of my career. I know. I feel really lucky. And, I, and it's a super, like, our team, I can't even begin to express how, how much better the thing is that we're creating together than the sum of all its parts. Like, just the way that, the, anyways. So it's all good. It's all good stuff. But it's like, how do I make more of the good stuff without letting everybody down. Oh no, there's good, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is, that's, that's the giant fear. That's the giant fear. Out of my mouth. <laughs> no, I said the quiet part loud. No. Yeah. yeah, so it's not, I don't know. No, it's time. It's the, the, the thing, the, the resource that I need is time. Yeah. Does it kind of like in the mood of, because time and money there's lots of there's lots of parallels there lots of integration vertical integration there yep. i don't know what vertical integration actually is but it felt like something that might apply here so please it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> is that not what vertical integration is mm. oh okay, man that's good sounds good keep going it sounds good right yeah. I, i've completely lost my train of thought i guess what i'm curious about <laughs> is because like something that something that you tell somebody else that doesn't necessarily feel true <laughs> when you're in the moment is this idea that 
um, you know, when things aren't where you want them to be right now, it's so helpful to kind of have a sense of like, what do they look like when it does balance? You know, like, what is that? What is, what is it? What are we moving towards? What is that? What is that kind of like thing? Is that something that's actually helpful? I guess both of you guys are kind of in that in kind of in a transition right now. Like, is that idea something that feels actually helpful? And is that something that you guys are thinking about and doing in, in those versions? Or is that something that feels like, mm. no, that's, I wouldn't have been able to get through this period of time without having practiced going through other transitions around time management, like learning how to delegate, learning how to work with a team. Now mm. being able to say, because I have a practice now in October of planning my calendar for the upcoming year. And so ha knowing that I did that in October and being like, just shake your head at me, sir. It's you used to be with me doing it at the end of December in the beginning <laughs> of January. You used to be with me doing that. And that was such a win for me. And now I feel two months behind. So no. but again, that's my baggage. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine, Sandy. <laughs> but I do love that. And I just, I, but I realized like if I do it in, if I do it at the end of December, then it doesn't, the iteration doesn't roll out into, like it doesn't end up feeling different until um, March. So I like starting January having spent the time. Anyways, but that, so I can imagine, I know what, a, a, and I've had the beauty, that's why this is so exciting and fulfilling because mm -hmm. I've had glimpses of it. Like last week was like, yes, this is exactly what I want. And there was a good mix. And I, like, I felt like I was doing the right thing for the company, blah, 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 blah. So I know what it feels like. And I have a team that really supports making it actually happen without just me being on vacation for five days a week, which is not what I want anyway. So for yeah. me, yes, saying, look, let's look to the future and, and build towards that is helpful and invigorating and encouraging. And it might be for me if I did, but I am in full, like 110% denial mode at the moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not looking forward to like, like I know intellectually and I can say the words here, I can do it, that stage four cancer does not end in a pretty way, like there is a very, very small chance that, you know, some round of treatment is actually going to cure my dad. He has a finite, well, we all have a finite amount of time, but his is especially finite, um, you know, measured in single digit years or double digit months. Like, yeah. um, that is, that's where we're at. And um, so that that's the first part. And then the other part is like, you know, as I'm taking this break from work, is it a chance for me to think about who I might be as a you know person with a different career? Because you know we do sort of make our careers part of our identities, and then like I do a lot of stuff like on the side and as little projects, and I like like to learn new things and do new and different things. And I've been doing the same thing for seven years, so should I think about something else? And I'm like, no, not right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the plan at the moment is that I will go back to my old job as mm -hmm. it was when this is all over um and yeah i have not at all thought about any alternative futures <laughs> not planned toward any of that and then maybe that civility is something to think about toward the future as a helpful sort of life will then return to normal at some point i i think it's like i i think that you know as a as an intro to a new season you couldn't get 
you know, it's, it's a great range just to start working in speaking from a, I just, I think that that's neither, there's nothing wrong there. There's not a better way to handle transition or not. Um, because they're not all the same, first of all, clearly. <laughs> um, but I think that that's a really, it's an interesting thing. And it's an interesting thing that I'm looking forward to discussing in a bunch of different situations to just say, you know, when do you want the permission to not think about the future? And when is that a tool that's really, really helpful? And when is it something where you can say, okay, what can I think about before? This is like the the whole idea of the disaster handbook and kind of the crisis handbook and being like, what can I think about before that's going to help me be in the moment when something happens? And, and what can I put into place that's going to allow me to afford to be patient and take in new information? And what and when is knowing a plausible future, uh, you know, uh, a plausible fiction for five years from now or a year from now, something that creates the clarity to move through something? Um, there's no wrong choice there it's just about what are the tools at our disposal and kind of what fits different personalities better what fits different partnerships and uh better to say what 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 do we want to have in place and if we don't have anything in place what do we want to reach for when when the kind of uh, tension happens i think that that's going to be such an interesting thing to take into ideas of sickness and career transition and family building and business building and and all of that stuff because it's um because it's because it does depend, you know, which is what the title of this podcast should actually be. It depends. Um, <laughs> an exploration of financial planning. Uh, it's. <laughs> I think yeah, it's 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 going to be an interesting thing, and um, yeah, that's all I got. Oh my god! Look at us. We did a thing. Amazing. So anyway, it should be an exciting uh, year. We've got a bunch of episodes planned. We'll see how that plan actually plays out in progress. You never uh, know. As uh, the year unfolds. Yeah. And if you've got a transition that you'd love to talk about or like this idea really connects to you or you're going through a transition of some sort that you'd love to kind of have just to, to hear a financial conversation about and, and hear what tools might apply or kind of what we've... Um, we've either done or kind of have heard done or kind of worked with clients as far as to kind of process that, you know, please feel free to reach out. Either send us an email at becausemoneypodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or anything that is going to end up with one of us will end up with one of us. Interesting sentence, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gets those emails. Somebody gets those emails. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's got one of the three of our names on it. It's probably going to, we talk sometimes so <laughs> every once in a while you know i kind of like you yeah. too so that's why cool. i'm campaigning so hard for you to move to Graham. <clears throat> and so uh, sandy had mentioned earlier about uh patreon so those who aren't aware patreon is a way to help support the podcast and help us keep it ad free uh so there are some expenses behind the scenes to get the podcast to you. So it gets distributed to all the podcast places, but somewhere we have to pay a host to hold all of those episodes. Uh, and that costs real money that we would love to not be out of pocket for. And so far our patrons have been covering at least that um, base cost. Uh, when we first launched onto Patreon and said, hey, if you can support this podcast, we'll give you stuff, you know, a copy of my book or art from Sandy's kids that may or may not have been voluntarily provided. Um, and then we've been rethinking that and like, we've 
we think that you probably, if you want to support the podcast, just want to support the podcast. We don't need to put all of this crazy, you know, incentive tiers just because Patreon has that as a feature of the platform. Uh, so instead, uh, Sandy has come up with this wonderful idea, and I will let her describe it. Well, I just think that if you are the kind of person that that pays attention to this podcast in any sense, you might like us. You might not. You might actually not like us at all, and you just hate listening. And, and you might like the other people that listen to it. <laughs> not just us, but the other listeners. You don't even know never that. get a chance to interact with in any other way. Until now... So we thought, we hang around a lot on Slack because most of us have a lot of things on Slack. And we thought, would you like to hang around on Slack with us? We can't promise to like be available 24-7. So like we don't want to make this into like full access to people who will answer your questions all the time. Wait, let, let's not overpromise and underdeliver, okay? Plus so. that is very legitimately our businesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we thought if you would like to spend some time talking to other people who are Because Money type listeners and maybe people you might like, um, we'd like to host you on a Slack team. If you don't know what Slack is, Google is your friend. <laughs> but we're also very welcoming. So if you join the, if you pay us money on Patreon um, and then join the Slack team, we will show you around. We will help you not be embarrassed at all because we like people on Slack. That's a thing we do. Yeah, I don't know if I made that sound appealing at all. <laughs> okay, those that will find it appealing will find it appealing. <laughs> and if you don't, you can still support the podcast through Patreon. Yeah. I just not go for that. It's not mandatory. It's just an option for you. Anyway, that's our season opener. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm John Robertson. I'm the author of The Value of Simple and also the creator of the Practical Index Investing for Canadians course. So if you want to learn how to become a do-it-yourself investor, that's the sort of thing I help with. I'm Chris Entz. I'm a advice-only financial planner at ragstoreasonable.com. If you like pictures about money and metaphors that sometimes apply to finances and sometimes are just way out, you can check out my stuff at www.ragstoreasonable.com. And I'm Sandy Martin. I'm an advice-only financial planner at springplans.ca. And I tend to work with older single ladies and people who are retiring. That's really, that's really my thing. And you can find me on Twitter a lot. <laughs> <laughs>